The Mac Observer's Mac Geek App number 134 for December 31st, New Year's Eve, 2007. Greetings, folks, and welcome. Happy New Year for those of you listening after midnight tonight. Uh, I'm Dave Hamilton, of course, here with John Braun. Hi, John. Hey, Dave. Welcome to the show, everybody. We uh, we have a bunch of questions to go through today. We've got uh, things about speeding up mail, keeping podcasts going, some more tips, lots of tips from you guys. Uh, the, the, the answer to our query last week about smart playlists and deletion, uh, all, all kinds of great stuff. Uh, so and, and of course, we're, we're I don't know about you, John. I'm not sure if you're far enough south to not have gotten buried in snow, but we're, we're happily buried in snow here in, uh, in New Hampshire uh, today. So you got a white New Year's Eve, right? That's uh yeah. Thankfully, nice. thankfully it's not supposed to snow tonight, which is good for, uh, those of us that have to go out and drive the revelers, the revelers. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, well my usually, yeah. Around midnight I stay off the, actually, yeah, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's not a good night to be out, out, out and about. If I'm out, which I will be tonight, it, it's because I'm playing, right? And so that means that I'm typically not leaving wherever I am until about 2, maybe 2.30. And, and by that point, I mean, the roads are totally fine. It, you know, there's nobody on the roads at that point. Every, every, everything's oh, okay. fairly safe by that, uh, by that point. Not to say that I let my guard down, uh, but, but it, you know, that most of the people that shouldn't be driving have already done that much earlier. <laughs> If you're partying, stay put. Yeah. Yeah, really. You know, there's cabs out there. They're, they're at the ready tonight. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, you got anything to tell them here before we get right into this, John? No, just it's it's been a great year. And, and I think we both look forward to many, many more years. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I don't want to get sappy here, but as I was prepping the show <laughs> uh, on Friday you know, I realized, you know, we, we did the show Monday morning, of course, Monday was Christmas Eve and then Tuesday was Christmas. So really we, we had, you know, three days worth of comments coming in and, uh, and it really, we had some stuff in the queue and we've always got stuff we can talk about, but you know, I've gotten so spoiled really, uh, by all of you contributing to, to what makes up the show that I actually waited and prepped the show late last night so that I'd have another two days of your comments to, uh, to, to, to weave into to the agenda today. And it, it really, I mean, I know we say this a lot. There's probably a lot of people that say this, uh, but this show truly in it, in its current form would not be possible without all of you. So a, a, a truly heartfelt, sincere thanks to every single one of you that, that listens, subscribes, contributes any one or, or more of the above. Fantastic. So that really, mm-hmm. truly thank you. This is, and uh, we also, we also have to thank all the people that make stuff that doesn't work right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, it, it, it really, it, it, it's, it's a joy to do this every week. It, uh, it's something I look forward to. I know you do too, John. So thank you. All right. With that, uh, now that we've got the sappy stuff out of the way, let's, uh, let's let Greg take over. Hi, John and Dave. This is Greg from Atlanta. Enjoy your podcast very much. A regular listener. And got a question. I usually listen to the uh, podcast in my car while I'm driving around, and occasionally, like, hmm, that's pretty interesting. I want to save that uh, particular podcast to go back home and take some notes on it or write something down. The your podcast and some others also. But uh, I have it set up with my iTunes to 
uh, when I sync my iPods to delete any played messages or played podcasts and add new unplayed podcasts. So my question is, is there any way to flag or tag a podcast so that when I sync it, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't delete it? So I know there's other ways around it where I can just go and download it, but uh, I would like to be able to do that and just save a few until I get a chance to sit down and listen to them all or take notes on those particular podcasts. So uh, you may reach me. Yeah, we'll tell we'll we'll talk about it here. Okay, so I I heard this, John, and of course I started thinking. Okay, is there any way to tag a, a file on the iPod? And really, the only interactivity you have is by playing a file, skipping a file, or uh, holding down the middle button and marking it for the on the go playlist, right? And and those are really the only things that get transmitted back to iTunes, if you will, when you sync. So. That that was my thought. And I thought, okay, well, we can create, you know, do, do this thing with the on-the-go playlist and then create some Apple script that, you know, goes through once a day or something. Maybe, a, a, you know, an iCal timed automator event or a launch D, you know, triggered with Lingon timed automator event that goes through and only deletes the podcasts that have been listened and aren't in the on-the-go playlist, et cetera, et cetera. And, and you know, I kind of wow, weave to get. Go. Yeah. See, that's what's good about doing the show <laughs> in the morning with a little caffeine in the uh, in the in the blood. But uh, and, and that will work. I, I actually, you know, I, I truly believe that'll work. Uh, so if, if you want us to expound on that, you know, that that's that's a nice little segment for another show. But suffice to say, I think, John, you 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 shaved with Occam's razor today. And, and why don't you tell us about uh, about that? Well, basically, and this is something I did a uh, you know short review on a little while ago, but there is um, something from the good folks at wooden brain concepts and it's called castaway and it does i think exactly what we need to do here because the problem is the uh the, the the level of granularity in which you can control podcasts in itunes um is uh, basic shall we say well yeah you could say that too but it it's global for everything with one exception and, and I'll, I'll mention that so the first thing i would do is do castaway um it, it, it'll do what you need. Now, another thing, though, which I, now the other thing you could do is change your your rules for purging your podcasts from, you know, played or unplayed to to another thing. But it sounds like you don't want to do that. I mean, that is another thing, but it's, I don't think it's going to accomplish your goal. I like the, you know, to go um, idea. That's kind of neat on a on a short term basis. But yeah, Castaway. And then the other thing now I found this, Dave. And it's a, it's one of these annoying, you know, hidden handshake, uh, you know, click your heel three times things that kind of bother me sometimes. But I noticed if you right click on an individual podcast within yeah. uh, iTunes, you get an option. Oh, wait, it's not in this version I'm looking at here. No, I'm sorry. Do not auto delete. Oh, and oh, if that. I guess at what that means, I think that means for this particular podcast, don't follow the global rule. That's the only way I can interpret that. I haven't tried it. But it sounds like a reasonable assumption that that's the goal of that. So yeah, yeah, go figure. So I think that pretty much covers, um, you know, all the options to uh, to get this done here. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. No, nothing else. All right, moving right along. Robert has a question about mail. Hi guys, a bunch of issues pertaining to mail and to-dos in Leopard. First, a general question. Since upgrading to mail, I get the beach ball all the time. 
is there any fix for that? It takes the program away from me for like 10 to 15 seconds at a time very frequently, and hopefully there's some way to get rid of that uh, snafu there. Next, create a few to-dos in mail, and then select the to-do mailbox. It gives you a great listing of your to-dos, which are no good unless you can print them and take them with you. I see no way to print the to-do list for mail. Uh, maybe you can help me there. Now, you can print it if you use iCal. But from iCal, you select print, you then select list from the view uh, drop-down. But in the resulting printout, each to-do has an impossibly long URL next to it, making the printed list almost unreadable. So maybe you have uh, some advice about that. Last issue, Time Machine doesn't seem to allow me to back up my to-dos in mail or iCal. If I choose the mail window and then Time Machine, the to-do mailbox is grayed out. All the other mailboxes, including notes, are available, but to-do can't seem to, to find those in Time Machine. If I choose iCal and then Time Machine, it doesn't open iCal at all. It opens a finder window. So it appears that iCal cannot even be backed up by Time Machine. So maybe you guys can take a look at that and see if uh, that happens for you, too. I hope you can shed some light on this. I really appreciate your great show. And my All right. Uh, lots of questions. You're right. Okay. So the first thing is, uh, is an interesting thing. Mail uses a database under the hood that tracks all of the, uh, headers of every message. Okay. Uh, and, and that's what it uses when you're searching by from to or subject. When you're searching by contents actually just goes ahead and uses the, the system wide spotlight database. But, this this mail database can be uh, a very it can get convoluted, if you will. And there's a way to go ahead and delete this uh, or or reset it, if you will. And the trick involves going to the command line and navigating to the mail folder and choosing uh, you type SQLite S Q L I T E space. And then I believe it's envelope index. And, you know, I can't bring up the Hawkwings post that I'm going to refer you to because for some reason Hawkwings is down this morning. Uh, and I wasn't smart enough to print it out because Hawkwings is always up, or at least most of the time. Uh, Hawkwings.net is a fantastic site for uh, all sorts of different mail.app resources. So uh, anytime I need to do this, I tend just to go to Hawkwings and, and, uh, and look it up. But, but you see, we navigate to your mail folder, which is in home. Application support mail, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Home application, uh, home library. I, I guess it's just home library mail. Yeah, home library mail. And there's a folder in there called uh, envelope index. So you type, you navigate there from the terminal. You type SQLite space envelope index. You open that up and then one SQL command vacuum space subject semicolon and, and return. And we'll link you to the Hawkwings post that uh, that details all this. And that will go ahead and, and basically rebuild this index or, or trigger a rebuild of this index. And that will probably solve your spinning beach ball problem. So that, that's problem number one. Printing to-dos. You, you, you folks know I, I would like to use, John, I've talked about this before. I would really like to be able to use iCal, but it's to-do support is, uh, shall we say, basic. Is that, is I that started the, shaking my fist when I was doing some background research, even though you're going to talk most. But I started getting angry because I couldn't do what I wanted to do. Right. It, it, it's ridiculous. Uh, you know, they, I've detailed my concerns with this. Uh, there, there, there are a simple few things I would like it to do. Uh, 
And, and, and that list is actually getting shorter. You, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm willing to sacrifice a lot, but not being able to see what to do's I have to do today or not being able to see what to do's I completed yesterday. That kind of thing is ridiculous. But uh, anyway, uh, so there's no way to print these from within iCal. There's no way to print these from within mail and mails. It's great that mail has the to-do list support. The fact that it shows me every to-do I have in my calendar forever, including the stuff I've already completed. Well, that sucks. Uh, But there is a new app from the folks at, well, an Apple-owned company called FileMaker, uh, which you've heard us talk about, created a product recently for 50 bucks called Bento. And I I don't think it's out quite yet, but it's it's due very soon. And what Bento is, is it's essentially a a database that's not going to be called a database app. And while you can create your own databases in it, it it's also built to extend the functionality of the OS 10 built-in databases like iCal and Addressbook and some others. And what you can do is it, it, it doesn't create its own copy of these databases. It actually reads them. And the cool thing is then you can add fields on uh, that are, that are automatically mapped. So let's say you have uh, a series of to do's, Right. And you want to link URLs to these to-dos. Well, iCal doesn't let you do that. But you can go into Bento, create uh, a library that, or attach to the library of your uh, iCal to-dos, add a field called URL, attach that in. Any changes that you make to the to-do in Bento are immediately reflected in iCal. Any changes that you reflect that you make in iCal are immediately reflected in Bento, but Bento will always show you these additional fields. Bento also allows you the flexibility of creating different views for these things. So uh, you can create views of your to-dos and of course you can print them. So go ahead and check out Bento. It's actually available as a free preview right now, uh, but but that may solve your to-do printing problem. And it's really, really close to solving my, I want to see all the to-dos that I have to do today that aren't yet done problem. In fact, I can do that, but I have to put in the date manually. It doesn't have a smart, you know, today uh, descriptor. It, I have to go and type the data manually. And so that's the only thing that's really keeping the stumbling block here. But anyway, that's so that's Bento. Check that out. That that may solve that problem. There might be something else out there. If there is, uh, please somebody tell us because it, not only will it help uh, all of our listeners, it'll it'll potentially help John and I get yeah get into. No, this I found a couple help. actually. I did okay. a quick search and uh, well, OS 10 hints has a couple of uh, tips. I'll explore a little further. One looks to involve exporting it uh, to something else, your to-do list, and then another, um, their page isn't loading right now, but it looks like someone made an app specifically to extract or uh, or actually print, allow you to print a calendar with the with the uh, to-dos. So. Ah, okay. so I'll look at those in a little more detail because you figure enough people get aggravated about this. Um, and sure enough, you know, <laughs> doing a search on this brought up, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of, uh, you know, people aggravated at this and trying to figure ways to get around it. Yeah. And that, you know, honestly, that's the thing that that led me to switch from using uh, MailSmith to Apple's Mail. I had concerns with MailSmith. I had concerns with Apple's Mail. There's no perfect product unless you write it yourself. Right. And even then it's not perfect. But the benefit of using the built in Apple apps is that most of the people using a Mac are winding up, you know, using these. Either they're switching to them or they're using them out of the box if they're, you know, first time Mm -hmm. Mac users. So because of that, like John said, there's a, a huge wealth of, of information, add-ons, and resources for all of these Apple apps. So that, that you know, it, it, yes, you have to assimilate yourself to the Borg, but it's not really a bad Borg, so it, it's okay. 
lastly, Time Machine. I, I don't have a whole lot of experience with Time Machine because I, I have to admit I'm still a retrospect guy. Uh, I have been for years. It works for me. There was no reason to change once I moved once I moved to Leopard. So I've experimented with it only for the sake of experimenting. I don't use it. But yeah, to do's are stored in iCal, not in mail. Mail. We have the calendar store and I, I, I may not be using the right term, but I think that is it, leopard. Everything changed and, and it's abstracted out. So you've got iCal is really just a filter to seeing what's in this calendar store. If you will, it, it one step removed. Mail can see what's in the calendar store, can also add things to it, just like iCal can. Uh, it adds things in a different way, but the calendar store is there. The main app to interface with the calendar store, though, is still iCal. That said, it is disturbing to hear that when you go to restore uh, from iCal, uh, you just left with a finder window. I, I don't I, I leave it either to you, John, if you know the answer, or perhaps one of our listeners will, will be able to chime in on that one. John, do you know the answer? Um. No. Okay. All right. Well, then we'll, we'll just move right along. <laughs> so well, hopefully... I can find one other interesting oh, thing here. Yeah. Um, apparently, maybe, maybe um, um, iCal allows a alternate print um, view called list. And if you choose that, you then can choose to do's. Hmm. Certainly not obvious if you uh, try to print. So I just dug that up. Go figure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, let's move on to Kenneth with, uh, well, this. Hi, Dave and John. This is Kenny from New Jersey with a quick question for you. Since upgrading to Leopard, I've noticed that on occasion, certain programs when running in full screen mode will lose their yellow minimize button. I can minimize them by using uh, Apple H. It's not the biggest deal in the world, more an annoyance than anything else but I'd like it to work as it should. The program that's most often affected is the Apple Mail application, but I have also noticed it with Skype and iChat. Thanks for any advice you can lend from yourselves or perhaps one of your savvy listeners, and happy holidays to the both of you. All right. Thank you, Kenneth. Happy holidays to you as well. Uh, this is a very strange thing. I, I've never seen this issue. Uh, but, uh, I did some searching on it and John, I found that, uh, the Yahoo widget engine, which used to be called confabulator has been known to cause this problem from time to time. So if you're running that, Kenny, go ahead and, and uninstall it and see if that makes a difference. Uh, also try using command M to minimize command H will hide an app command M minimizes it. And then the difference therein is, uh, the hidden app does not appear down at the right-hand side of the dock. It doesn't slurp down into the dock. Uh, the minimized app does. So that's that, that's what I have to add. Do you have anything else there, John? Um, yeah, I, I just peek around for things like um, like one thing called Application Enhancer is a framework for a lot of UI things that you know kind of fiddle with the way menus and other things work. So I check for that. And then just usually this type of thing where it may be, you know, just, just take a look over your... Uh, preference panes uh you know see if uh you've added anything that may be causing that of course the other thing you know make a new user and see if it still happens if not then it's it's some weird piece of software or, or maybe even compatible like for example this uh application enhancer is not compatible with leopard so oh that's true yeah may have migrated over something that that doesn't like leopard interesting all right 
okay, so we got a couple of questions and a couple of tips related to getting a new Mac, setting up a new Mac, getting rid of an old Mac. And this time of year, there's a lot of that going on, both with Christmas, people getting new Macs uh, for the for the holiday gifts and, and that sort of thing. And then, of course, with Macworld Expo around the corner, a lot of people, even if they're even if there are no new Macs announced at Macworld, there are a lot of people that, because of the history, delay their purchases until after the keynote speech, just to make sure that uh, they're not missing out on the latest and greatest, whatever the latest and greatest happens to be. So uh, with that in mind, we got a question from Aaron and a couple of tips sort of fall into that realm. And Aaron writes, I'm finally getting around to selling my old PowerPC G4 Cube and accompanying studio, studio display. I've deleted all the accounts but one and all personal documents. But I was wondering what else should I do to guarantee I do not leave anything private on the Mac when I sell it. I figured on reinstalling Mac OS X, reinstalling Mac OS X, but I have a Leopard DVD and the Cube only has a CDRW drive. Any ideas? Okay. Uh, I think, and I, I'm nearly certain that John's going to agree with me on this, but I think that if you're going to sell that machine, there's no reason not to reformat the drive and totally wipe it clean. So, you know, re reformat the drive, put a clean install of OS 10 on there and walk away from it. Um, and the, we've talked about this on a previous show. Uh, you probably have a newer Mac. I'm guessing that from, from the way you're talking here. You can put the DVD in another computer and use it, start up that machine in FireWire target disk mode with the T key, and then boot your cube from the DVD via FireWire uh, and then install from there. So that, that would be one way to do it. Uh, and that, honestly, that's what I would do in your shoes. I would not leave the drive unformatted. Uh, definitely format it. Get rid of what you had on there and... And then, you know, reinstall OS 10. So that that's that's thought number one. John, I, if you disagree, I'll fall out of my chair. But uh, but please <laughs> tell me if, uh, if if you think I'm crazy. Well, I think you're crazy, but I also agree with you. So okay, I don't know how to. Uh... No, all's well in the world. That's what I expected. Yeah. No, I have a follow up, perhaps. OK, well, um, all right. If, if you are concerned. So, yeah, doing a format, I, I just want to go into some detail about that. So there's this utility that has different options for formatting. There are so formatting at the, the isn't always a format. It, it depends on what options you pick. And a lot of times a format, it'll just wipe the area of the disk that has um, the information used to uh, access the files. And that's it. And from the point of view of the operating system, that disk is now has no data. But if you start poking around, since not all the data was written over normally, um, people can find stuff. So what you want to look for is that uh, when you run disk utility and you go to erase, there's an option here called security options. And the default is don't erase data, like we said. And then it has some others here, zero out data, seven pass erase. And then if you got lots of time, 35 pass erase. Um, huh. So at the very least, the zero out data, you'd want to do that. Uh, seven pass um, and actually, yes. Okay, I'm looking here. It does meet a Department of Defense guideline for, you know, effectively erasing data. Now, if you're if you're depending on what three-letter agencies are currently monitoring your movements, or what data you're you're storing, you may want to go for the 35 pass erase. But that's going to take a real long time, and it gives you an estimate. I, I tried it once just for kick, and the the estimate was on the order of tens of hours. So, um, oh, that's actually not that bad. How big was the drive? <clears throat> no, it was a pretty small drive. Okay, like, you know, hundred hundred gig or something like oh, that so no it, it was a ridiculous amount of time yeah 
Yeah. Because if you just do a simple format, depending on how good you are and what resources you have available, you can still pick up residual data from the drive. So the, maybe do the zero out data, the seven pass, if you got anything really sensitive and uh, you should be good to go. Now, there's also in disutility another button that I think serves a different purpose, and that's just erase-free space, which... No. Yeah, I which, wouldn't... Uh, I, I yeah, think, I wouldn't bother with that. Yeah, I think, I think that'll that, that'll zero out whatever space is unpartitioned. If I'm if I'm under if I'm remembering correctly. Well, it says unused space on the selected disk. I yeah. guess I'm curious what it considers. Uh, yeah. So let's uh, let's not. But, but you're going to format. So yeah. yeah. You, use the use the button that we said, not that other button. <laughs> okay. So it, just to be clear, uh, instead of either way, you're going to boot from the DVD, probably from the other machine over over target disk mode. And then instead of just choosing the install option that allows you to format and reinstall or erase and install, I guess is what it's called. You're going to go ahead and go to the options menu or utilities menu and choose disk utility and re and erase the drive from there. Then go back to the installer and reinstall. That's the, that's the trick. Be very careful. You're going to have another hard drive mounted uh, that's attached to whatever your other Mac is. Be very, very careful when you're choosing either of these options, erasing or erase and install, because either way, you're wiping out a disk. Make sure you don't wipe out the wrong disk. Check it once, check it twice, you know, hope that you were uh, nice, not naughty. I don't know. But anyway, uh, we'll let Chapman, uh, we'll let Chapman regarding the free Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Regarding the free space. Yes, it does not erase other files. So that's just. Uh, that may be a good option on an ongoing basis if you just want to make sure you don't leave a mess on your drive of old data uh, to run that. Okay. Um, but it does not format the drive according to the the help on this. It says it explicitly says it doesn't erase the other files. So. Okay. Okay. All right, uh, Chapman, save us. Hey, John and Dave. This is Chadwick from Columbus again, and uh, I'm just screwed. Hopefully, you guys can help me out uh, and, and other listeners for the future. There's nothing I can do now, but in the future. See, here's my situation. I pre-ordered Leopard, and when it arrived, I installed it right away. One of the first things I did was plug in an external hard drive and set up Time Machine. Loved it. I loved the fact that day by day, I was getting more and more backed up and more and more history to search through. Was it wonderful? Well, come December 26th, I was doing some things that required me to um, reinstall my operating system. I needed to do an erase install. Uh, the, short, the short of it was, I needed to do a boot camp for a Windows partition, and it wouldn't let me. No matter what size I wanted to do, it wouldn't let me do the partition without reinstalling my operating system. But wonderful! I was so easy to do with Time Machine. I did the the, the erase and install, I set up from Time Machine, and I was back up and running in, in less than two hours. It was a beautiful thing, and then the boot camp worked fine. Anyway, what happened was then, when I replugged in my Time Machine drive after setting up, after the setup and everything, it, it, it didn't back up right away. And I thought, that's strange. Like, it usually just does an automatic. Well, I went and did that and forced it by control clicking on the dock icon and said back up now it started back up great but after about 20 to 25 minutes as I was working I realized it was still backing up I thought that's strange it usually doesn't take that long 
And when I opened it up and looked at it, oh, it had started all over. It erased, it just got rid of all of my old backups since, what was it, June or July, or excuse me, uh, October when the Leopard came out. All the backups I had was gone and it was starting fresh. I guess it, because it was a fresh install of the OS, it thought it was a fresh time machine. Oh. Well, since then I've had to just re redo the whole thing and I'm back up and running, but my backups only go back to December 26th. But uh, hopefully in the future you can help me and any of your listeners realize you know, that this happens and are there ways around it to keep all of those backups. Thanks, love the show, and have a great day. All right, uh, John, you've got you you've got the answer for this at least in the future. Obviously, there's no going back in time beyond where Time Machine wiped him out. But uh, I think you've got a, a magic answer for. Yeah, for this. I'm gonna. It's a speculation, but I think it's a it's a, a reasonable one. Um, what actually happens is when you set up a drive for Time Machine, is that it creates a, a folder called backups backup DB, and then within that folder is another folder that more or less duplicates the file structure of the uh, volume you're backing up from and actually has the, uh, that folder has the same name. Um, now one, it just is kind of annoying that it went ahead and did that without warning you. Cause you'd think it'd be smart enough if it saw something already there saying, yeah. do you want me to wipe that out? But it sounds like it didn't or saying, would you like to retain data that, you know, was from this period back? It sounds like the default assumption is no, <laughs> Right. So uh, anyways, um, if he had retained that folder, and then now I'm suspecting is once the machine was re... So he should have taken that folder and put it anywhere else except within that structure. Um, then once he set up the new system, um, I would think, and it started doing its time machine thing, after it you know, did the first round, then try to copy it. Now, this could get dangerous. Uh, uh, Trying to copy over some of the past stuff is, is what I'm thinking here. Oh, yeah. Because I do see it organized by, I mean, I have folders here that look to be roughly done by date here. You know, 2007 slash 2012-31, 2007-12-29. So I'm guessing that you could just bring those guys over and, that, and that's how it, it determines the history of the file. So, oh, yeah, the yeah. bad news is you can't unless, you know, you go to drive savers or something like that. Uh, they may be able to uh, assuming you didn't do one of those formats we just talked about, um, <laughs> maybe able to pull that data off. Um, yeah. yeah, if anybody can do it, they could. So if you haven't used that drive too much more, of course, now it sounds like it kind of probably rolled over the old data. So, mm. yeah, I mean, interesting. Un undelete util. I mean, what's what's your? Uh, I don't know. I haven't tried to do undeletes for a while. I think it's kind of yeah. tough under OS ten. OS ten and undelete. Yeah, they don't they don't mix too well. No, I don't think so. Uh, I like your idea of renaming, though. That's good. That, that rename the drive, and it should preserve everything, right? Oh, okay. I don't know if I explicitly mentioned oh, that, but you know, we did yeah. in our, in our pre-chat there. But yeah, yeah I mean, it, it, it would seem reasonable that whatever, you know, that if it sees a folder in there with a name that's not the name of the current hard drive, um, it would just make a new folder. So, yeah. Yeah, it's too bad, though. They, uh, hopefully somebody will put a warning in somewhere, because, I mean, that should be, it, it should be really easy to see that that folder had been used in the past, and, and I think it's reasonable to assume you'd want to keep some of that stuff. Yeah, I, I, or maybe some Apple engineer decided, you know, if somebody does this, chances are, you know, that they're going to be happy to get the most recent copy of the data and don't need the old. Yeah, that doesn't really make sense. I, I mean, if you've restored yeah. from 
and, and, and from an efficiency standpoint, right? If you restored from a time machine backup, wouldn't you also restore the fact that you had been backing up to time machine and the status thereof? And then just instead of re backing up the whole drive, wouldn't you just back up what's changed? I mean, wouldn't hmm. that, that just seems to make sense. Yeah. I think that's an oversight. I, I think you're right, John. Yeah. All right. Uh, and, and I know you and I have, uh, have praised Apple care many times, but, uh, I'm going to let Tyrone do it uh, one more time, one last time for the uh, for the year 2007. Hey, guys, this is Tyrone, first-time caller. Used to live in Connecticut and been listening to you guys for a while, and I live in Georgia. Yeah. Anyway, what I wanted to tell you, just a tip to give all your listeners. Love your show, by the way. Um, I had an iMac G5 and uh, had Apple Care on it and took it into the Apple Star about, uh, about a week and a half ago, uh, 140 days left on the Apple Care. And they couldn't fix it. It wouldn't boot up. And it needed power supply or whatever else. So they spent a week with it. And, uh, you know, I went to pick it up. And they I said, let's boot it up right here in the store. And it wouldn't boot. So they said, hey, um, how about we swap you out and give you a new one? <laughs> so for that $180 I spent back in 2005, I got a 20-inch Intel iMac now. Brand new out the box. Unbelievable. But, again, my, my point is, Tell everybody who buys a Mac, new or use Apple, um, Mac, iPod, iPhone, whatever, the Apple Care is absolutely, absolutely worth it. You only have to use it one time. All right. Had I not had that Apple Care again, 180 bucks, and they gave me a new machine. So yeah, this is where you cut off the email, but you know. Don't- yeah, uh, I know Consumer Reports uh, year after year says extended warranties, which is effectively what AppleCare is. Uh, extended warranties are never worth it. Don't buy them. I disagree entirely with Consumer Reports. Tyrone, you're absolutely right. When it comes to Macs and, and plasma TVs, by the way, buy the extended warranty. Buy AppleCare. It totally worth it. You know, Macs are mm-hmm. built by one company all the parts come from one company. If you don't have Apple Care, let's say your motherboard dies, right? If you don't have Apple Care, you're either going to pay Apple to put a new motherboard in, uh, which is going to cost you a fortune, or you're going to go with something slightly cheaper, like a, a tech restore, right? Where, where a company that they, they are a third party, totally unaffiliated with Apple. You send your computer to them. They've got, you know, overnight arrangements with a couple of carriers and they'll get your computer, repair it and ship it back to you. But they don't get to buy parts from Apple, right? In order for companies like like Tech Restore and iRescue, which used to be Mac Rescue, uh, in order for them to to get a motherboard, they have to buy an entire computer and then strip it apart and, you know, use those parts to fix other computers. So they can't, you know, there there's no they're paying the same for these Macs that you and I are. So, you know, a new motherboard it's probably going to cost you close to a thousand bucks, you know, seven, eight, nine hundred bucks in a laptop. It, that stuff doesn't it, it doesn't come cheap. So, you know, Apple Care, even in a laptop, that's what, three, three hundred, three hundred fifty bucks, whatever. Don't buy it direct from Apple. If you've got time before your your warranty runs out, buy it from somebody like Small Dog or Expercom. I've found those two to be the places that are mm. often discounting Apple Care. What you do is you're going to buy Apple Care from them. They're going to ship you a box. The box has a code in it. And then you take that code and go online to apple.com slash support and, and enter it in and, you know, lock in your, your extended warranty. But, uh, can you can usually, I, 
on laptops, I've found that I saved about 50 bucks uh, on Apple Care going that way. So it's a significant savings. Well worth doing mm-hmm. it that way. But please do it. Save yourself the headache. Uh, I love the guys at Tech Restore. I love to see them stay in business. But, uh, you know, this you can, you can save yourself a lot of headache and a lot of expense uh, if, if you yeah. just go ahead and get Apple Care. So there you go. I, I got mixed feelings. Okay. For portables, I absolutely agree. For desktops... I think the only case, because every Mac desktop I've had, I've never had an issue. The only ones that I've seen had issues, and I've seen two of these, is when they had their adventure with the liquid cooling. Okay, yeah, you know, I'm going to disagree. Actually, I'm going to agree with you, but I'm going to I'm going to qualify my agreement. I'll agree uh-huh. when it comes to the towers, the the true Tower. desktop machines, high end. Yes, the pro, okay. the pro series, and and that's what I've always owned. So yeah, okay. but but. The iMac and the Mac Mini are now considered desktop computers, but they're only mm-hmm. considered desktop computers in their form, right? The function of them, the, the, the guts of them are laptop mm-hmm. guts. They're not, it's not desktop computer guts. You don't have a separate video card that you can just take out and reinstall. Right. You know, you don't have the access to the machine like you do with a, a Dell tower or, or anything like that. The iMacs and the Mac Minis are totally proprietary there's one board in there that has everything on it and if anything goes bad your video chip goes bad in your imac new motherboard right you're you know you all kind that you really got to be careful of that so so Mm -hmm. yes i'll agree with you on the on the tower max you might not need it but it's so cheap on those i think it's worth getting anyway um i've always put it i've got it on the uh on the the machine we're recording on now the mirrored door although i think it ends in uh i've only got a couple of months left but suffice to say i put it on this yeah. it's cheap but that was the that so. was the only disaster that i've seen yep because the thought process was gee let's put what should we put under the liquid cooling system which could leak hey let's put the power supply under right. there right <sighs> <laughs> that wasn't a very good decision they should have like you know a lot of the pc ones have it you know mounted uh or i guess some of the macs had them mounted yeah uh, on the top of the case rather than the bottom so that was just an unfortunate choice of uh, a combination of technologies in that series yeah yeah all right uh last week we had a question about someone who was having some trouble and wanted to reconvert uh they they'd converted their their or ripped their songs into iTunes at a very high bit rate. They wanted to reconvert them down to a lower bit rate and then go ahead and delete all the higher stuff once they were done. And they were lamenting the fact that you could not delete from a smart playlist. You you can only delete from the library. And I was right there lamenting it. John was there. We were all, you know, in this uh this happy uh, not happy, but this, you know, this this lamentation fest. Is that a word? It is now. Uh, look for it next year in Wired. Anyway, uh, we were wrong. I have to. I would like to think that this changed at some point during iTunes history. But, but we're going to let Robert go ahead and uh, and talk to us here. Hey, it's Robert Hazelberg again, calling to let you know there is a way to delete items from a smart playlist. I do it all the time. Uh, simply select the item or items by shift selecting, and then option delete. That's it. No big whoop. Yep. Anyway, um, glad I could return the favor uh, and help you guys out in reverse. Anyway, uh, or in tune. Uh, how would you say that? I'm not exactly sure. Anyway, uh, 
just option delete. Yahoo! Yeah, and and of course, Robert wasn't the only one. I think all of you told us about this. I had more email. You know, I, I said I didn't have a whole lot of email between uh, between Monday and Friday. No, 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 I did. It was all about this. So uh, maybe that was the reason that, that there was, you know, a, a lull there in, in new questions and new tips because it was all this. Uh, but thank you all for, for doing this. This is actually a huge help to me. Uh, I, I had... I had to set up things in a way that uh, with the, you know, the way the audio comments come in on the podcast, I store them in iTunes and then in order to delete them so that they're not playing when I'm, I'm playing holiday music for my family or whatever, you know, I, I need it. I had to create this whole big system because I couldn't just easily delete them from the playlist that I have them in. And, uh, and I, I didn't need to create that system or at least I don't need it now. Like I said, John, I don't, I would like to think that I tried this option delete thing a couple of years ago when I first thought I needed it. It, I, I, well, I don't know. Maybe I didn't. Maybe it's always been there, and I'm just a dumb dumb on this one. So, I, I don't know. You got anything else to add before uh, before we offer this one last tip of the year? Well, I guess uh, checking the keyboard shortcuts would have revealed oh, this. So. There you go. Yep. If you go to from the from the help menu, it's explicitly there. I actually, uh, or or you can search for keyboard or shortcuts. Yep. But they've. Uh, yeah, they've had that as an explicit thing, probably because, yeah, I hate that stuff, all these secret keyboard things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. In fact, uh, that's where you find the secret. Yeah. If you're, you know, I want to check something here because it used to be if I highlight something. No. Okay. So uh, it used to be that if you had a keyboard modifier that was going to change something, you, you would, it would change when you pulled up the menu. So if you highlight, um, the uh, I'm just looking here to see if it changes. No, it doesn't. If if you highlight the song in in iTunes and you go to uh, the edit menu and choose delete, it uh you know it offers to delete this to delete the song from the playlist. But if you hold down the option key, it it doesn't it doesn't change delete from library. So I don't know. That's just that's the way it should be. Uh, it should change right there in the menu under right in front of your eyes when you hold down when you release the option key and press down the option key. It should, it should change right there in the menu. So it's obvious that the option key modifies something, but it doesn't. Uh, every week at TMO, more than once a week, TMO, Jeff Gamut starts his morning by posting a tip for all of you. And, uh, and these things are really, really valuable. Uh, I, I wind up learning a lot of stuff from them and we've mentioned them in shows, uh, though maybe not explicitly acknowledged them this week. I saw one that, that, that really made my day. In Tiger, I would go to print something. It would launch the little print spooler. It would print, and then the print spool would automatically quit, and it would go away. And occasionally it wouldn't, but that was only if there was a problem or, you know, some gremlin was up to no good. When Leopard, that gremlin, you know, has a, a permanent home in his easy chair there because this print spools just live forever. You have to go and find them and manually quit them, but you don't have to. Once a job finishes uh, printing, if you go down and you right click or control click on the print spool in the dock, there's an option to allow auto quit. And you just check that and boom, every time you print, it prints. And then when it's done, it auto quits just like it did in Tiger. Uh, so that's uh, that's our, our, our TMO tip to share with all of you. And I think that uh, that pretty much wraps up this show, John. Are you, uh, mm -hmm. you got anything, you got anything else you want to, uh, you want to tell them while I nope. introduce the band here? Nope. 
Actually, I won't really introduce the man, but you know, we'll just bring hit him. The, hit the button. I'll hit the button. That's right. Nobody, nobody really wants to meet that band. So, uh, I'm trying to think of what else we have. Our contest, I think, goes on for a couple more days for Cirque du Mac 5.0 party tickets. Go ahead and uh, and sign up now. Another site that we run that I very, very rarely mention, but I should mention more frequently, is our DealsOnTheWeb.com site. Uh, it, it's a site that TMO started with, uh, with another party about uh, five, six years ago, I guess now, tracking the best deals on the web. We've got a team of crack editors out there going after stuff. This time of year, they're just flooded with great deals. And of course, it's all free to you. You just go and search the site. You can sign up for the daily newsletter. You can subscribe via RSS. You can even do persistent search where, you know, you type in a search term, that something you're looking for, subscribe to that search feed via RSS and bam, you know, you can just wait and it'll appear in your RSS reader when, uh, when we post a deal. So dealsontheweb.com. Go check that out. Tell all your friends about it. It's a great site. We, we love it. Uh, the podcast marketplace this month, the last one for the year, A5 and A2 desktop speakers from Audio Engine. BB Edit and Yojimbo from Barebone Software. One free download from audible.com. PDF Pen, Text Expander, uh, Disc Label from Smile on My Mac, and of course your Macworld Travel from Harmon etravel.com. With that, John, I, I, think, uh, I think we're at Cashfly Hosting, is the place you download the show from. We're really happy to work with them too. We're happy to work with all of our sponsors. Thank you. Thank you for supporting this show, all of you. We, uh, can't say it enough thanks hey uh happy new year john happy new year man there's all this stuff i wanted to get done this year a couple hours left and your uh, your new year's resolution john is oh of course to get caught (laughs) no don't get caught made up.